بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی ایتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ الحمد للہ of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, So by the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after familiarizing ourselves with His blessed family, let us now return to the exalted man's life himself. So the next section is entitled, His Noble Parents Offering Him to Be a Servant of Our Beloved Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In Sayyih Bukhari, Sayyih Muslim, Abu Dawood Tirmadi, Al-Lu'lu Wal-Marjan, number 1492. Sayyidina Anas himself, he relates, radiyallahu anhu. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrived at Al-Madinah, Abu Talha, radiyallahu anhu, took hold of my hand and brought me to Rasulullah and said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Anas is an intelligent youngster. Thus let him serve you. Thus I serve the Holy Prophet وسلم, at home and on journeys until his passing. Indeed, he never asked me, why did you do this? Or why did you not do this? <laughs> so in this famous report recorded in Bukhari and Muslim, it was his stepfather, Abu Talha, عنه, who took him to the Prophet وسلم, Because he's an intelligent youngster, let him serve him. And not forgetting, he wasn't just his stepfather, he was also his kind of an uncle as well. And Anas said, I serve Rasulullah at home and on journey. So he wasn't just a, a servant in his blessed dwelling, he served him on journeys. And he said, not once he ever said to me, why did you do this or why did you not do this? So this is the immaculate character of the Prophet And in another wording, Hazrat Anas said, Radiyallahu, I was in the service of Rasulullah for 10 years. And he never said to me, off, and never blamed me by saying, why did you do so? Or why did you not do so? This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5691. Sayyid Muslim, number 2309. Then Madi, number 2015. Ahmad in his Musnad 3-265, Abu Ya'la in his Musnad number 3,367, Ibn Hibban in his Sayyih number 2,890, 2,893, Allah Dabal Mufrad number 278, Riyadu Salihin number 622. So in this flawless report, it mentions that he served him for 10 years, meaning the entire period where Rasulullah migrated, i.e. to Al-Madinah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he never said even off to him, radiyallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thus, Anas famously said, Radiyallahu, Qana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ahsan al-nasi khuluqa. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the best of mankind in character. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Riyadu Salihin, number 621. So here, Anas obviously, intimate and very close to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he goes, he was the best of mankind. <laughs> In character, meaning I've never seen anybody with a more immaculate character than he. 
with Allah with Satan. So here it was Abu Talha who took him by his hand. So now what's interesting, when I mentioned the marriage of Abu Talha to Umm Sulaim, this was probably in the second or third year after the Hijrah. So this indicates this because it says when Rasulullah came to Al-Madina, Abu Talha took his hand. You get this impression that Abu Talha obviously is already a Muslim. So this indicates that it was amongst the earliest period of time that the marriage took place. But in another report, it was his mother who sent him to the Prophet ﷺ. In Ibn Asakir, Kanzul Umal, Volume 7, Page 9, Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer, 3-398, Hayat al-Sahaba, Volume 2, Page 589 of the Old English Translation, Anas radiyallahu said, My mother radiyallahu took me to Rasulullah and said, Sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu alayhi wa Men and women belonging to the Ansar, have offered gifts to you. I, however, find nothing more beloved to offer you as a gift but this son of mine. Please accept him from me and he will serve you. I just served him for 10 years. During all those years, he never chided, beat or ever treated me harshly. So, there's no contradiction, obviously. Both the parents wanted him to serve the Prophet and his mother being obviously his own flesh and blood, would you'd expect this. But she put it in a beautiful way. She goes, the Ansar have given gifts to you. So this shows how much they love the Prophet And she goes, I can't find anything more beloved to me to give to you as a gift than this son. Now what's interesting, she had other sons. So why did she mention Anas? So maybe Anas had a soft spot. She had a soft spot for Anas. And he goes, please accept him. Now what's important here? When you say servants, you get this impression that the Prophet was requesting them. But you notice that he never asked. So when we say he had servants who were serving him, it's very important to highlight, especially to uneducated people, that these servants weren't, he didn't appoint them himself. They were offered to him. So obviously he accepted it graciously. And Anas said, 10 years I served this fact is confirmed in the Sahih. In Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, Nasai Tirmidhi, Allah Dabal Mufrad, number 1055, Abu Bakr ibn Shahab al-Zuhri, Rahmatullah alayhi, said, Anas radiyallahu informed me, he was 10 years old when Rasulullah arrived in Medina, sallallahu alayhi wa He said, my mothers insisted I go and offer my services to him, sallallahu alayhi wa Thus, I spent 10 years in his service so that when he passed away, I was 20 years of age. <laughs> so, what does it mention clearly here in Bukhari and Muslim? My mothers insisted. So, who were his mothers? Um Sulaim, his grandmother, his aunts, you could say as well, Um Haram. They all said, Go and offer yourself to the Prophet. And look what he said. Now, this is important. This Sahih Hadith can also accurately determine the age of this exalted man upon his passing away, which will be mentioned at the relevant time, inshallah. I think about that. So when we, if we live, if we don't die ourselves, when you get to the end of his blessed life, the scholars have differed about his age. This Hadith is critical in working out how old he was. Why? Because his own testification when Rasulullah passed away, I was 20. 
So you can work it out, right? So whatever year he passed away, you can easily just say, right, go back to the time when the Prophet passed away and at their age, we'll come to that at the relevant time. So was he the only servant of the Prophet ﷺ? No. Sayyid al-Muslimin, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, he said, there were always four or five amongst his companions who never left the Prophet or his door, sallallahu alayhi wa They were always present for his service at any given moment. This is in Bazar, Al-Hirtami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 22, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 785 of the Old English Translation. So, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, one of the Ten Promised Paradise, who was called the, the chief of the Muslims, he said, there was always four or five companions who were at his blessed threshold. <laughs> so who were they? <laughs> the blessed scholars have differed as to the identity of whom these blessed four or five were. But there is unanimity that three of them were Sayyidina Bilal, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with all of them and forgive us all for their honorable sake. Amen. So Bilal, we've recently been through his blessed life. Obviously, he was a special servant of the Prophet. He had many duties. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, this is in Sayyid Bukhari, that one of the companions said, we actually thought that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and his, and he mentioned somebody else, we actually thought they were part of the family of the Prophet. Meaning he was going in the dwelling, you know, and the Sahaba saw, so he must be family. So Ibn Mas'ud, that shows how much he was serving the Prophet He had the ablution water of the Prophet. He carried his sandals, his stuff. And of course, Anas. So out of the four and five, three of them, there is unanimity. Bilal, Ibn Mas'ud and Anas. Others, they've differed. Maybe they were alternating, but this shows their status. So moving on to the next section. Our beloved Messenger Wasallam's love and education of Sayyidina Anas. So again, just to insult you, Rasulullah, when he migrated, Wasallam, he was 53. Anas was 10. So even though they're on the same generation, they were third cousins. There's a 43-year gap between the cousins. So when I'm saying he's educating his cousin, don't get the impression they're roughly the same. There is like even grandfather age gap between the two. Being in such close quarters with our beloved messengers, it would not come as any surprise to learn that he had a great love for his young cousin servant and would thus often be seen educating him. So what's interesting, of all of the servants, he was the most closely related. So... He had a special place in the Prophet's heart. And he was young as well. He was a child. Don't forget, Bilal was a man. Ibn Masood was a man. And he was still a child. So not only was he innocent, he was also his cousin. So we, you'll notice he, had a, he was constantly seen educating. So to give you a few examples. In Sayyid Muslim, number 2310, Mishkat, volume 1, number 107, in the chapter on the duty towards servants and uh, servants and slaves. Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was the best of men in conduct. For instance, he once sent me on an errand for a necessity. I thought to myself, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I shall not go. 
However, I had in mind that I would go for what he had ordered me with. So stop in the report. Isn't that kufr? The Prophet told him to do something and he said, By Allah, I'm not going to do it. He's still a child. That's what I'm telling you. Otherwise, you know, you get some strange thoughts in it. So obviously kids are like that. You tell them and they go, right? But look what he said. But in my heart, I wanted to do it. I thereupon emerged till I passed by some children who were playing in the market. Thus I stopped and joined in with them. As I was playing, suddenly, Rasulullah caught me by my hand from the back. I turned my look towards him. And he was smiling at me. <laughs> he said, Ya Unis, have you gone where I ordered you to go? I answered, Yes, O Messenger of Allah, I am just going. And I left. And he was smiling. <laughs> so, so he, go, he goes, he gets caught up with some kids in the market. And look how touching the Prophet didn't come from the front. That my frightened him. He came from the back and he held his hand. Meaning he didn't want him to get shocked. So when he turned, the first thing you look at, obviously you look at, you know, what's the uh, expression? And he's smiling. So straight away, put him at ease. Then he didn't call him Anas. Why? So we get it. He goes, oh, little Anas, oh, Ones. In other words, you know, you're still growing. <laughs> Have you gone where I told you to go? He says, I'm just going now, Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet's mouth didn't say anything to him. He didn't say, well, you know, I've caught you out, now you're going. This was in the earliest years when he was a child. For it mentions he was playing with other youngsters in the marketplace. In another report, Anas himself said, Never did he rebuke me for anything which was damaged by my hand. If anyone from his family rebuked me, he would say in my defense, leave him alone. Indeed, if anything was decreed, it has come to pass. Leave him alone. If anything was decreed, it has come to pass. Mm. This is in Behaki in Shu'ab al Iman, number 7714 or 10 hasan Hassan. volume 1, number 38, W in the chapter on duty towards servants and slaves. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 13,005. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 7, page 11. Al Bidayah, volume 6, page 37. Hayat al volume 2, page 588 of the Old English translation relates similar. Shaykh al Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih. In Sahih Ul Jami number 5275. So look how interesting. Children are clumsy. You notice that. You know, it's in their nature. So he would damage things, imagine. So you can hazard a guess, maybe a, some food stuff, a pot, a pan. His family would rebuke him. Look how interesting that is. So his mother, his stepfather, maybe some of the other August family members, mothers of the believers. What's the matter with you? And look how touching Rasulullah came to his defense. He goes, leave him alone. <laughs> if anything was decreed, it's come to pass. Because who's going to stop the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? <laughs> so not only did he defend him, he taught the, because can you undo Allah Ta'ala's will? Because why are you having a go at him for? <laughs> and Anas said, he did this to defend me. <laughs> In a similar report, Anas said, I served Rasulullah for 10 years. He would not send me on an errand which became unaccomplished, except he would say, if it had been decreed, it would have been. Or if it had been preordained, it would have been. <laughs> this is an Ahmad in his Musnad, number 
Ibn Abi Asim in his As-Sunnah, number 355. Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, 50-65. Ad-Diya in his Al-Mukhtar, number 1,834. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih in Sahih Al-Jami, number 5,275. So this is a different report. Also Sahih. So Anas Radiyallahu said, when he would send me, and I did not accomplish the task, look how interesting. So obviously it must have been something that was he was capable of doing. He goes, do this, do that. And when he couldn't do it, the Prophet said, if it was decreed, it would have happened. If it was preordained, it would have happened, meaning it's not his fault. Now think about that. Children are like this. You know, you ask them to do something and they don't. For example, go and get this from the shop. And they bring something else. So how easy is it for you to react? I told you to get salt. Why have you got sugar? Go back and get the salt. The Prophet never did that because it was the will of Allah. Nothing could have changed it. So Lord, he's teaching us how to interact with children. And also what's interesting, the psychologists, they say, never show anger to children. It scars them. Right? Because, you know, and this is also, obviously, we, we was shocking. as Muslims quote psychologists. One brother said it to me. He goes, there's a report on how to deal with children. I goes, well, we don't need that, do we? The Prophet teaches how to deal with, deal with children. What does it say? And he said exactly what the Sunnah said. He goes, you shouldn't, you know, get angry with them. For example, if they don't do something, you should say, it would have been better if, if that happened. Just use words of that nature so it doesn't scar them. And I thought, well, that's Sunnah. Why are you looking at their papers for? Right? But again, we've left the Sunnah. In fact, we've got our own Sunnah. Danda. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> Anas never forgot this love and kindness and he would say later in his life in Abu Dawood and Ahmed I sincerely hope to meet him on the day of judgment and say to him I am your little servant Ya Rasulullah I served him for 10 years in Al-Madinah when I was young and my manners were not the best to recommend me however he never made the slightest gesture of disapproval so when he grew, matured, he, he, could, he remembered and he goes, this was the Prophet And look how touching, he was yearning to meet him. And he wasn't going to say to the Prophet, I'm old now. He said, I would love to say to him, here's your little servant again, Ya Rasulullah. Meaning he wanted that memory to remain, which, which he had with the Prophet our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would also call him innocent names. Anas said, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to innocently play around with me and he once addressed me, Yadal Udhunayn, or you with the two ears. This is in Abu Dawood, number 5002, Tirmidhi, number 3854, Hassan Sahih Gharib, and his Shamayal, number 235, Ahmed in his Musnad number 12,165 or 3-127 Mishkat number 4,887 or volume 1 number 297 in the chapter on humor and jest. Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih in Sahih Uljan number 7,909. So let's look at this. Anas said he would play with me. He goes, once he said to me, Ya dal And that literally means, oh you with the two ears. So now, Obviously, it's humor. But there's a very interesting thing the scholars reduce from this. Hafiz al-Bajudi al-Shafi, 
in his Al-Mawahib Al-Ladunya Ala Al-Shama'il Al-Muhammadiyya. He elucidated, this statement of Rasulullah was said to praise Anas for being an attentive listener who understands the words he hears accurately. So this is the beauty of the prophetic you know, jest. There's still wisdom in his jest. So you could say, oh, you know, he's saying the art of affection. You know, I gave him a nickname. He goes, yeah, that other name. Or oh, the one with two ears. You're right. MashaAllah. He's in the chapters on jest. The scholars have said that. But is there a deeper meaning? So a person goes, the one with the two ears. You got two ears. I got two ears. Yeah, but the Prophet didn't call us the one with two ears. He called him. And Hafiz al-Bajuri al-Shafi, who wrote a commentary on Shamali Tirmidhi. He goes, this was praise from Rasulullah to let the Muslims know that he's a very astute listener. He understands what he is. So what was the Prophet hinting to? He's going to live a long life. And he's going to narrate a lot of reports. And now what do fruitcakes say? Oh no, he's not a scholar. There you go. He goes, what do you mean he's not a scholar? Right? He goes, no, he's not a scholar, is he? So who's a scholar then? In Al-Madini University. You know, who's a scholar? You know, what sort of a statement is that? Right? He's at the feet of Rasulullah. You're saying he's not a scholar. And the Prophet said, Oh, Yadan Udhunayn. And he goes, Where, where is that? They say, Yadith. You plonker, right? Say, Yadith. Because what's that going to do anything? Well, look at the scholar's commentary. Right? It means he's a very attentive listener, unlike you. Right? So the Prophet is actually praising him and defending him again. Look how interesting. From future attacks. Look how interesting. He's, a t- he's defending him from future slanders against him. Oh, no, no, he didn't know. He's a junior sahaba. He's not a faqih amongst them. So the Prophet just basically said, don't say that about him. <laughs> Our beloved Messenger also gave Anas the kunyat Abu Hamza. In Tirmidhi, number 3856, is Gharib. Ahmad in his number 12288. Anas radiyallahu said, Rasulullah sallallahu gave me an agnaman after a vegetable that he saw me plucking. <laughs> so what was Anas doing? He was plucking some sort, of, some sort of a plant. And that plant is called Hamza. <laughs> so the Prophet goes, Ya Abu Hamza, <laughs> O father of Hamza. And Anas said, that's why I got that title. Further clarify, it is related by Hafiz ibn al-Atir in his Asadul Ghaba, volume 1, page 27. Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani in his Al-Isaba, volume 1, page 71. Ibn Asini and Mariful Ahadith, volume 4, page 576 of the New English Translation, that Anas was once seen eating a plant called Hamza. Our beloved messenger saw him and smiled and said, Ya Abu Hamza. So he was basically plucking something to eat it, whatever, it was a vegetable. And the Prophet said, Abu Hamza. So now what's interesting? That's the sunnah. You should give chul and kunyat. But not just like every, you know, like, oh, wait, why is he called Abu? Much felt like it. There's got to be some wisdom behind it. Right? So for instance, uh, Aisha, even though she was mature, she goes, every one of your wives have got a kunyat. I haven't. So the Prophet said, call yourself Um Abdullah. Meaning the mother of Abdullah, even though she had no children from the Prophet. So the scholars say the Prophet named her after her nephew, Abdullah ibn Zubair. So even a, a woman who's got no children, you can give her a kunyat after her nieces or nephews. And that was a praise of Abdullah ibn Zubair by the Prophet as well. But children, you know, you might see him doing something. So name him after that. And also learn Arabic. You can say in English. 
oh father of the vegetable but he's not like linked to that is the father of the vegetable what's that mean so note you also learn how to interact with children when you're going through Anas's life radiyallahu and alhamdulillah this is why Allah Ta'ala has given us all these role models so you can cater for every scenario so all I mentioned today was two things the first was his noble parents offering him to our beloved messenger which is very important to highlight the prophet didn't ask for service they were offered to him and he graciously accepted and then Anas how the prophet defended him from anybody who would speak untoward towards him and the obviously uh, Anas's praise of this and then I mentioned now talking about a glimpse into his education by our beloved messenger and the kunyats he was given or the one with two ears and Ya Abu Hamza are there any questions you'd like to ask Subhanallah <laughs>